Blog Talk Radio. Attended ear 
uh, let all road lead to the message this evening. Truly, God is going to bless you. But if, and we ask that you will listen to this message, not with a condemning ear, but a convicting ear. So many times Satan is so tricky that he makes people miss their blessing because when they hear a message, they think someone is throwing off on them or someone pointing them out particular, and he makes them miss the message. So I want you to not listen to it with a condemning ear. I want you to listen to the convicted ear. If I'm not talking to you, then don't take the message. See, what's wrong with people is when they hear a message, they take that whole message from the beginning and the end, and then they get offended, thinking that the preacher is talking about them. But the Bible is the right to divide the word. When you listen to a message or anything, if they're not talking to you, they don't allow the enemy to offend you. You listen to the, try to find out the message, what part God is talking to you. He may not be talking to you about the whole message. Some of it's for education, some of it's for knowledge. Some of it's for understanding, some of it's for you just to listen to. Some of it, some of it is to remind you of what you is and not doing. But nevertheless, whatever part of the message that is found you, you take that part and you apply it to your life, and you'll find yourself growing. No, never see it that he, somebody must have told him that. How did he know that? Because the Holy Ghost tells us things. Yeah, the Holy Ghost said he'll put us in your cheek, uh, your secret chamber, in your bedroom. The Holy Ghost will tell us things that you didn't tell us. And here you is thinking somebody else and sat down and told us these things when it's the power of the Holy Spirit. So we want you to listen with attended ear that you be not offended by the message. We're going to sing a portion of this song, and then we want the radio world to sing this song with us because this song got to do with my message, and it will bless you even as you sing it. Lord, prepare me a living sanctuary true and holy tried and true and with thanksgiving, you'll be a living sanctuary, sanctuary just for you. So, Lord, prepare me a living sanctuary, true and holy, tried and true. And with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary, sanctuary just for you. Help me sing it now. Lord, prepare me a living sanctuary, true and holy, tried and true. And with thanksgiving, I'll be a living Sanctuary, sanctuary, just for you. One more time now. Lord, prepare me a living sanctuary, true and holy, tried and true. And with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary, sanctuary, sanctuary. Sanctuary, 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 just for you. Oh, wow, my God, that just make me have church right there. Just asking God to make me. And that's what you need to do this evening, because it got to do with my message. But it, that's what you got to ask God. Lord, make me a living sanctuary, 
See, God want to live inside of you. He don't want to live on your arm, on your shoulder, in your Bible, in your handbook. He want to live on the inside of you. He want to dwell in you. Or he want to make his abode on the inside of you. That's why he said the Holy Ghost. See, the Holy Ghost came to get on the inside of you. Holy Ghost didn't come to ride on your head, on your shoulder, on your back. The Holy Ghost came to live on the inside or on the inside of you, to dwell in your intermote being, in your soul. That's, that's one of the greatest gifts. Salvation was a gift, but the Holy Ghost is a greater gift. It's another level of salvation. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost and you've been born again and you saved, don't let nobody convince you and fool you that when you got saved, you got it all. You didn't. You only got the first measure of grace. And that that's to save you. Now, you don't need the Holy Ghost to save you. Grace saved you. Believing in Jesus Christ, that's what saved you. But the Holy Ghost come to give you power to walk this Christian walk. Power to not to be depressed. Power to not to be walking in anxiety. Power to not to walk in despair. Power over cigarettes. Power over doing drugs. Power over doing alcohol. Power over committing adultery and fornication and sexual immorality. Power walking in the flesh. Walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. That's what the Holy Ghost comes. He said, after the Holy Ghost comes, I give you power, power to burn up the chaff with the equest of a fire. I don't know why I'm on this, but I'm going to stay right on it because it's part of the message. See, John said when he was down there by the river and they came to him, he said, I baptize you with water. He said, but it won't come out to me. Oh, John said, I'm not even worthy to untie shoes. John said he's going to have the fan in his hand, and he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost, John say, and a mighty burning fire. He said he's going to burn up the child with the unquestionable fire. That's what the Holy Ghost come. You can't get rid of that mess on the inside of you. God knows you. See, when God saves you, you still got mess in you. All, all salvation do is give you a right to the tree of life. All salvation did was make you righteous. Now you got to be clean from all that mess you've been doing for the last 20, 30, 40, and 50 years. You got to be sanctified. You got to be set apart. You got to be purged. The Bible says, confess your fault. God is just and faithful to forgive you for all your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So after you be saved, you got to be clean now. You got to be washed by the water of the word. You got to be washed by the blood of Jesus. That's why you're still lying, because you ain't been washed. That's why you still commit the dust, because you ain't been washed. That's why you still commit fornication, because you ain't been washed. That's why you're still trying to be a sugar daddy hanging out at the clubs all night and call yourself been born again, because you have not been washed by the blood. When you see God don't just give you salvation. If God would have only gave me salvation, he had a mess on his hand. God had to do more than give me salvation, but he saw what was on the inside of me. God did not only give you salvation, but God gave you a new nature. He took away the nature that you had, because you can't live a Christian life with an old nature. If you stay in that old nature, you will never talk right. You will never walk. You will never do right. If you keep on walking in the old nature, you ain't going to stop smoking those cigarettes and doing drugs and alcohol and sex and immorality. You're going to not stop doing fleshly things as long as you're in that old, adamant nature nature that came through Adam, unless you become born again, unless you receive this new nature that came through Christ Jesus. See, when God saved you, a transformation started in you, a new nature started in you. The old nature died, and the new nature kicked in gear. See, in your old new nature, you don't want to sin. In your new nature, you don't want to do right. 
and your new nature, you don't want to commit adultery. You don't want to commit fornication. You don't want to walk in the flesh in your new nature. You don't want to walk and do alcohol. You know why you're doing alcohol? Because you're in your old nature. Your old nature love alcohol. Your love, old nature love drugs. Mm-hmm. Your old nature love to be under the sheep. Uh, you know, with somebody else's husband, somebody else's wife, and you ain't married. That's what your old nature love. But God gave you a new nature in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away. I hope somebody listens. And behold, all things have become new. You is a new creature. But you got to know that. If you don't know you're a new creature, you're going to keep on living an old creature. Can I share with you? If you don't know you got no money in the bank, you ain't going to go there and get none out. There you is with $50,000 in the bank and don't know you got it there. How are you going to go draw out something you don't know? That $50,000 is going to set up a week, months, and years until somebody calls you and tell you you got $50,000 in the bank. Well, you don't know something, you can't operate. So if you don't know that you've been, that you're a new creature, you're going to walk like an old creature. I come out and tell you that, that somebody told you they lied to you. Talking about you still the same. He ain't changed. It ain't what they say. They ain't got nothing to do with this. Once you give your life to God, once you accept Jesus and Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, it's out of your hand now. A transformation starts on the inside of you. Oh, my God, a new creature starts in you. Something happened that you ain't got nothing to do with. It's a transformation of God, and you become more, more, and more from, 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 you go from glory to glory. See, when you was out there in the world sinning and doing wrong, you went from iniquity to iniquity, from sin to sin, huh? But from uncleanness to uncleanness. But now that you've been born again, God gives you a new nature. Uh, he gives you a new mindset. And, and now you go from righteousness, see, now you're righteous now. Because you accept the Jesus as your Savior, you are now righteous. But you got can't stay there at righteous. You got to go from righteousness and holiness. Righteousness is what He gave you when you got saved. But holiness is a lifestyle. That's something that comes day by day as you walk with God and talk with God and do the same God says. As you read your Bible and sanctify yourself, that's when you become holy. That's when holiness begins to 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 operate in your life. Mm-hmm. Holiness is a walk with God, not with the devil, not in the flesh. When you're holy, you're walking with God. So don't let this message condemn you. Let it find you. Search yourself. See where you're at in God. Because if you're still doing the same thing you did before you got saved, you need to go back and do it again because you don't miss the mark. God gave you a new nature. You're a new creature. And what, what, what salvation comes, what the Holy Ghost does, the Holy Ghost takes away the desire. Uh-huh. See, God knows you, you're human, you're male, you're female, and you got that nature on the inside of you. And God don't take your nature away from you because he wants you to desire a man. He wants you to desire a woman, but he wants you to do it at the right time in the right way. Do you hear what I'm saying? So what he does is the Holy Ghost come and take that desire away to want to be with somebody's husband and be with somebody's wife. So where there is no huh? Where there is no desire, there is no temptation. So that's what the Holy why he said he purges with hyssop that we might be white as snow. That's why John said he John said he burned up the chaff. What what the chaff is that desire to want to lust after somebody else's stuff, somebody's house, somebody's wife, somebody's car, uh, drugs, alcohol, whatever you might be doing in the flesh. That's what the flesh does. But the Holy Ghost come to take that desire away. So there is no listen, where there is no desire, there is no temptation. Satan can't tempt you where there is no desire. And that's what God does. He takes the desire away. Uh-huh. When he took the desire from away from me, I was smoking cigarettes. I almost smoking three packs a day when I got saved. I didn't go to no rehab. 
I didn't go to no rehabilitation, no no cigarette clinic that stopped smoking. When God saved me, when he saved me, the same day he saved me, he took the desire to smoke cigarettes away. It just left out of me. I felt it when it left. He took that that that, that, that cigarette demon, that nicotine demon, he left out of me. See, you got a nicotine demon in you. And he ain't going to go nowhere until you let the Holy Ghost get hold of him. Salvation is all right, baby, but it ain't the power of the salvation that's going to get rid of the whole, uh, that, that demon. It's the Holy Ghost. That's his job. He'll burn up that child. He'll burn up that nicotine demon, and he will have to leave out of you. If you've been trying to stop smoking for years, oh, I, I, no, this ain't the way I was intending to go, but I got to follow the lead of the Holy Ghost. If you got a habit, if you got a hang-up, if you got a stronghold, when you live holy, this is what makes these things lead. You, you, you. You got to live holy. You can't talk about living holy. Thank you going to live holy. You got to live holy. And you can only do that in Christ Jesus. Remember, God never meant for you to live holy in yourself because he knows you can't. That's why he spent Christ Jesus and the Holy Ghost. See, Jesus want to – I was trying to – when I first got saved, I, I was having a problem. I, I, I must be admitted. I was coming short. My teeth won't, won't, won't like it's supposed to be. It was crooked. And my eyes sure won't sit in place. So I had an issue with God. Walking holy like I should, and I had a lot of people around here teaching me in the better. And when you ain't got no sense, you, you can't walk in no sense. So I ain't have nobody around me telling me that I was doing wrong. I had folks around me telling me, it's okay, you're trying, but no, I felt something on the inside that I wasn't doing something right. I would come and show it. But God let me know. Amen. That it was personal. It was between him and me. I had to surrender to the to Jesus Christ. So if you don't surrender to salvation, if you don't surrender to Jesus Christ, what Jesus did on the cross, you gonna keep on walking in the flesh. So I had to notice it. I told God, let me go back. You know how you go catch a fish at the ocean. And he took a little. They make the the, the 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 man down there at the ocean down there. The, the uh, uh, gang warden or whoever he is, gang warden. If the fish is too little, they say you have to throw that fish back. So I told the Lord, Lord, I I, I don't mind. Sir. You, but I'm too little. I can't do this. I can't walk holy like you want me to. Lord, you need to throw me back. Come and pick me up as I get a little bigger. Come and get me later. But God let me know that his grace was sufficient. I come out and let somebody know this evening that God's grace is sufficient. You know what sufficient, the word sufficient? It means more than enough. Sufficiency is enough. It's like you going to the store and you're standing there and you ain't got enough money to buy your grocery. And the man standing behind you, get ready to put it back. The man behind you said, no. He needs $15. You need $15 more. So the man behind you said, no, go ahead. Don't take the grocery bag. I'll, I'll, I'll give the $15. And then he takes the $15 out and hand it to the cashier, and he say to her, is this sufficient enough to take care of his grocery? Did anybody get what I'm just saying? See, that means he, now he done gave the cashier enough money to pay for that man grocery. He ain't got to take it back. God said, I done gave you enough of grace that it's sufficient enough to give you victory over that hanger, that stronghold in your life, and you keep saying you can't get victory over huh? God asked me a question one day. I, I, I was talking to the Lord about the habit that was in my life. He asked me, how, how, how bad did I want it gone? You got to love God so much that that habit will leave. You got to love God more than you love the habit. You got to love God more than you love the hanger. Now, I just want to get that formality out of the way. I'm excited this evening. My message this evening is it's time that we return to holiness. You repeat after me, it's time that we return to holiness. My subtopic would be holiness or hell. Now, don't go getting offended because I said something about hell, because understand, hell is not a curse word, and I'm not cussing. Hell is a place of judgment that God made. Please listen to me. Hell is a place of judgment that God made. 
Now, when God made this place a judgment, he did not make it for you or me. He didn't even have us in mind when he made this place of judgment. This place of judgment was made for the devil and one-third of their angels that fell from him from heaven. See, the devil decided one day that he got tired of only holding the position he had, and the Bible said that he exalted himself. He said he would. It didn't happen. That's what he said he going to do. For the Bible said that the devil said within itself, I will exalt myself above the throne of God. He wanted the angels to worship him. He wanted them to worship him. Rather than he worshiped God, he wanted to get up in a position so that he'd be worshipped. And so he made his little play, and before he knew it, God changed him and changed the darkness and cast him down to earth. Uh, let God, somebody said it was a fight. There wasn't no fight. God didn't have to fight. See, God, what the devil did not know, that God made him. And God already knew what the devil was thinking before the devil thought it. Come on, the Bible said he know every thought. He know the hair on our head. Every spirit falls to the ground. How could the devil not think that God didn't know that he was coming up there to try to attack God? He didn't have a chance, y'all. There wasn't no fight going on where like Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier and the devil almost beat God down into the night round and God finally got victory. No, baby. I sure you know that. That fight was over when it got started. Them angels chained that devil up and all the one-third angels and cast them down to earth. I want you to know we serve a mighty God. And he wants us to come back to holiness in the church. I'm going to read a few scriptures because scriptures are for people that will speak for themselves. But you search yourself as I read them and see where you be found. The Bible says search the strip and see where you be found in the faith. This is how you know where you are. Don't go compare your righteousness with somebody else in the church. It bothers me when church folks sit around comparing themselves to one another. I'm more better than she. I'm more better. Than, I hope you is better than me. I do. Because you in trouble, you ain't. Folks get compare themselves to one another. Talk about, well, I ain't doing this and I ain't doing that. We don't compare ourselves to one another. For the Bible said they're none good. Not none. Jesus even said himself he won't good. When he told them, said, don't call me good, he said, ain't none good but the Father. Ain't that something? So none of us ain't good. I don't care how much you prophesy. I don't care you is an apostle. I don't care you is an overseer, over 3,710 churches. Get yourself back down here on the earth so you can help somebody. Your title, your position, all them people follow you, don't make you holy. You know what? We're going to barely make it in. We saved by righteousness. We saved by Jesus Christ. The Bible says the righteous shall spiritually be saved. Where shall the ungodly be? We all going to scarcely make it because we all the condemned. We all the condemned for eternal damnation. But we're going to scarcely make it by the blood. You hear me? We're going to scarcely make it by the blood. That's why Jesus told that, that story about the, the men, and he gave how one came, you know, to work that day at 7, one came at 9, one came at 12, one came at 4. But at the end of the day, he paid everybody the same. Baby, at the end of the day, we all going to get salvation. Uh huh. We gonna get. We gonna. We gonna have them call the salvation. Now the Bible pick up in rewarded when we get there for different things we did. But see, you got to get there first. I ain't talking about the reward. I'm talking about getting there. If you, if you don't get there by salvation, you ain't gonna get no reward because there will be no reward to give you. They know of the way, but through Christ Jesus. And if Jesus gets you to heaven, God's gonna reward you when you get there. So let's just go into the Word of God. I'm excited. We're talking about returning to holiness. We got so much mess going on in the church now. Praise God, and more people pregnant and quiet, and the ears out there in the clothes. Oh, help me, please, somebody. Don't get mad at me. I'm trying to help somebody, and nobody's saying nothing about it because we're putting it all on a grace. 
Baby, God is still holy. He's holy in the morning, in the evening, at night. God has not changed his statutes. He's still holy, and he told us to be ye holy, for I am holy. It's time we come back to holiness. It's time we bring holiness back in the church. Now we're trying to bring the club, the songs of the club, trying to bring the songs of the club into the church. Listen, I've been on both sides of the line, and I've been in the club, and I ain't never heard nobody come in that club singing about no amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Jesus, keep me near the crowd. Now, why are we going to turn around and bring the songs of the club into the church? Time of when pastor, we got to draw them any kind of way. Well, let me share a notice to you. If them 300, if them 66 books, Genesis and Revelation, don't save them, and hell going to be their home. Do you hear me? It saved my grandma. It saved your grandma. It saved our ancestors. It saved Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, listen to this. This book, way back, yeah, 2,000 years ago, saved Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It saved Daniel and the lion then. It saved the Hebrew boy. It saved all the patriarchs of old. Now, why is this book not going to save folks today? Because they don't want to do it. If, if the Bible don't save people, ain't no video game going to do it. Putting no pool table in the basement ain't going to do it. Huh? Having all these crazy programs in there talking about dressing down. I ain't got nothing with, with dress down, but you need to have some clothes on. The holiness, holiness, holiness. It's time to come back to holiness. God said, tell my people. To come back to holiness. Our leaders need to come back to holiness. Come on, leaders. You holy. You ain't more to have no girlfriend and no boyfriend on the side. You holy. Let me leave that alone. I'll be trying to jump off track here. Uh, first Corinthians 1 and 30. Let me get some scripture to him. First Corinthians 1 and 30 says, but by his doing, you are in Christ, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. First Corinthians 1 and 30, but by his doing, other words, what Christ did on the cross, it sanctified us and brought redemption. We're righteous now. huh? We're not the same as we were when we were out in the world. We Through the doing of Christ Jesus, he brought us righteousness. We're in a right standing with God. Then he brought sanctification. Now, for you that don't know what sanctification is, it means to be set apart. I was fooled by that word so long, and I was confused by it. I thought some power was going to come down out of heaven and pick me up and set me over yonder and sanctify me and set me apart. No, no, you got to set yourself apart. It means to be set apart. It means to be God. You belong to God, not the devil. You belong to God, not the devil. Let me say that again. You belong to God, not the devil. It's just like in your kitchen where mama got them, your mother, mama got them different things in there sitting over the stove. My wife has them. She had them different uh, uh, little bottles over the stove, uh, different little vessels she got there. She got cinnamon one and pepper one and nutmeg. There's so many. She got 20 or 30 of them up there. So when she cooked, she could put different spices in her food. Well, they are sanctified. Each one of them have a name on it. And the pepper ain't with the salt. The salt ain't with the pepper. And the cinnamon ain't with the nutmeg. They all are sanctified. They all is in a different vessel. They all have been set apart. They're not for taking a bath. Uh, amen. They for cooking. They ain't in the bathroom for to take a bath with because it ain't what they for. They for, for her food. So when she cooking, she can season her food. So they are sanctified. They are set apart. They stay on top of that stove all the time, no matter what, because that's the way they're supposed to be for the kitchen. And so it is for you. Your body is a, is a temple of the Holy Ghost, and only only God is supposed to go inside you. Just like only sugar and, and spice and cinnamon are supposed to go in them vessels, so it is with you. You are a vessel of God. 
For the Bible said he put his glory in earthen vessel. You are an earthen vessel, and God want to put his glory in you. But he can't put his glory in fornication in you. He can't put his glory in you if adulterousness is in you. He can't put his glory in you and you're full of drugs and alcohol and all kind of crazy mess going on in the world, full of seriousness. He can't put his glory in you. Oh, my, my, my. Let's go to word First Peter 1 and 13. But like the Holy One who called you, be ye yourself also in all your behavior. Listen, listen, Christian folk. You 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 disappointed because people talking about you. You give them a reason to talk. You out there at the club, what you expect? Trying to save somebody. You out there doing the uh, doing the uh, the stanking leg with them, whatever they call that right there, dropping it like a hot. You out there at the club doing what they do, and then you want to win them. I'm talking about coming to my church Sunday. They ain't coming to your church Sunday. You just left the club with them Friday night. You got you you've been called to be holiness, and all your behavior. Your behavior got to be holy. Listen, Christian folk, you're going to be challenged for how you act. Uh-huh. You're going to be challenged by how you act. You're holy. You told people you're holy. That's why people try to make you cuss. That's why people try to make you lie. That's why the people try to make you uneasy. It's the devil using them, trying to get next to you. But you got to prove, Bible says, don't let your word be burned. The Bible says you got to prove this walk with God. You hear me? In all your behavior, and you got to do it 24 hours a day. You can't stop along the way to decide you ain't going to be holy. You ain't going to be a Christian. You can't stop along the way to decide you're going to get in the flood. I'm going to lay my religion down, and I'm going to fix it. You can't do that because you've been mocked. You've been called. You've been bought with a prize. You belong to Jesus. And it pleases the Lord that you walk accordingly, that your behavior be Godward. First Peter 1 and 16, because it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Y'all hear that? It is written in the Bible. Y'all read your Bible. If you're going to be holy, if you're going if, if to walk in holiness, if you say you're holy, you got to walk holy. You got to talk holy. Yes, you cussed when you was in the flesh, but you ain't in the flesh no more. Yes, you lied when you was in the flesh, but you ain't in the flesh no more. You've been born again. You've been bought with a pride. You are not your own. You belong to Jesus. I'm so glad God. I'm so glad God bought me. I'm so glad He bought me up out of prison and saved me and sanctified me and filled me with His presence and gave His word to go and preach to the whole world. I'm so glad to be a Christian. Some Christians act so sad. They're like they lost their joy, walk around like somebody owed them something. Up the man because somebody won't 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 testify or, or somebody won't won't lift them up like they done done something. This is not for prestige. This thing ain't for prestige. You you're working for God. You're a servant, and if nobody say thank you, you gotta work anyway. If don't nobody give you nothing for your birthday, you gotta work anyway. If don't nobody send you nothing through the through the radio station, I, you gotta work anyway. I realize that 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 I've been bought with a prize. I gotta preach. I gotta preach when I like it, and when I don't like it. I gotta preach when they like it, and they don't like it. I gotta preach when they give me some money, when they don't give me no money, because I've been bought with a, a charge to keep I have and a God to glorify. Wow. Psalm 969. Worship the Lord in holy attire. Tremble before him all the earth. Listen. Listen what it says. Worship the Lord in holy attire. That means your clothes. That means you ain't got no business looking like the world and you belong to the Lord. You put to worship God even in your clothes. Did you not know that? Oh, my God. Somebody said, I didn't know that, Pastor. Well, I'm telling you, Apostle, telling you this evening. Even in your clothes. Now, when you stood in front of that mirror, 
Uh, you saw that you had to pull that dress down. That dress ain't going to get no longer when you walk out that door. You need to go back to that closet and get a longer dress for Sunday morning. Now, what you want to do, I've done the world through the day. I, I, you, know, I, I, you know, it's God's will, too, that you live holy there. But if you're going into the house of God, now you know when you sit down in that, and you sit down on that front seat. Now, you sit down on that front seat. The dress already short. Now, you're going to sit down on that front seat. Now, you got men singing up in that choir, honey, and you're going, they're going to mess up their anointing. Excuse me, it's gonna mess up their anointing because you sitting on that front seat. Then why they trying to, uh, the, why they trying to go to Golgotha Hill? Why they trying to go to the Holy Hill? You 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 taking the little Blueberry Hill, amen. And now you got this thought going contrary, and they trying to live holy and serve the Lord, and they got to see you sitting on that front seat, and then don't want nobody spreading nothing over, over your leg because they say, oh, that's a sin. I don't, we shouldn't have seen her like that. Well, listen, baby, we got to keep God's church holy. Now you ladies in the choir who call yourself lady men and you've been called by the Lord to preach, it's okay for you to preach. But you know you're sitting in the pulpit, and that's a high place. And you know if anybody can see anything, they can see it in the pulpit. If somebody got the spirit something over your leg, then your dress is too short. You need to go, uh, hello, I'm going to get off of that and go a little bit further. But you got to serve God in your clothes. Work what you want to in the world. That's what you want to do. That's your business. But when you walk in the house of God and you represent God, uh, Bible says you got to be like Sarah. Ain't nobody telling you to wear your clothes all the way to the floor, but then you don't need to wear them all up to your hip either. When it's up to your knee and you know you sit down, you know it's going to, mm-hmm. listen, if your clothes going to tempt some man sitting down in order by you sitting down, then you, you you got the wrong clothes on then God is not pleased with what you got on because you represent God. So you are to serve the Lord even in your clothes, even in your attire. And we don't left that now. We wear whatever we want to. Ain't got a nerve to get jumping all around with that tight skirt on, jumping all around. They only feel like the Holy Ghost got tight hold of you. And, and while you jumping around, you just accusing uh, uh, me spreading the lust all over the church because the men, they're trying their best to stay with the Lord while you jumping all around, sending a bad sickness to them. You hear what I'm saying? And then if you're going to wear a tight, uh, a tight, a tight dress or tight pants, then, then, then wear your top that'll hang all the way down to your knee, down, you're below your knees. Amen. Show God some respect. Show God some respect. Let's get back to holiness. Even in our clothes. Is that all right? Oh, my God, my God. Is that okay? Let's get back to holiness. Amen. Then it says, follow, listen what, listen what Hebrews 12 and 14 says. Follow peace with all men, and holiness with God, which no man shall see the Lord. Sometimes you just got to hold your peace, because some men or people will try to make you cuss. Some people will try to get to your last nerve. Some people will try to make you snap. And the way you handle that is, you just hush, walk away. That's why he said, follow peace with all men. Sometimes you just have to be quiet. Excuse my expression. Sometimes you got to make it look like you just a punk. Somebody say a punk. Somebody said a chicken, a rabbit. Sometimes you just have to be look like that and walk away. I ain't talking about somebody all in your face not trying to slap you and all that. I'm talking about sometimes you can avoid these things. When you see somebody bringing a confrontation on, where where they trying to steal your peace and you can't be at peace. He said as much as possible, follow peace with all men. Some people you can't follow peace with, so you can't do nothing about that. But it must it's possible follow peace with all men. Holiness is now. Listen, if you don't have holiness, you ain't gonna see the Lord. Don't let nobody fool you. Come on, once you say you always say. And you know I just said that's just as wrong as it can be. How can you be on your way to the north going south at the same time? If you're on your way to the north, you're going north. 
If you're on your way south, you're going south. You can't get saved and then turn around and backslide and throw back out in the world and tell somebody that you saved, you got saved, and you always saved. Don't let nobody deceive you by that. Because the scripture says, if a man lived godly all his life, and then at the end decide that he don't want to live godly no more and he die in his sin, the Bible says all his godliness will be forgotten him. And the Bible said if a wicked man lived wicked all his days, 90 years old, he don't live wicked, 90 years And the Bible said that he then he turned and get saved, and then he died. The Bible says all his wickedness will be forgotten, and he'll become some a righteous man. Don't let nobody fool you, baby. You got to hold on to this thing in order. You got to take this thing to God. You got to hold on to this salvation. You can't lay it down and turn it loose and say you still saved. Oh, my, 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 my. First Peter 1, 15 and 16. But as he which had called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Now, remember, a few moments ago, I talked about behavior. Now, conversation and behavior are two different things. Behavior is how you act. Your conversation is coming out your mouth, them cuss words coming out your mouth, all them ugly words coming out your mouth, them things you saying offending people. So you can you can you can you can have evil conversation without even cursing. The things you say to people, offending people with your words. But the Bible says he did a fear not in words, it's the same as a perfect man. So you got to let your conversation be holy. That's what the writer said. He said, But as it which have called for he who who called you? God called you. God is holy. He said, Well, he which have called you is holy, be ye be ye holy. Now how are you gonna say God called you and, and, and God's holy and here you walking unholy? You lied on God. The Bible says, let every man be a lie. God be the truth. If God called you and God is holy, you are holy. I don't care what nobody tells you. You are holy. And if you're not walking holy, then you better ask yourself who called you. For the Bible says, your deeds will tell you who daddy you is. If you're doing the things of the world and the flesh, the Bible says the devil is your daddy. If you're doing the deeds of the things in the spirit, then God's your daddy. So you're saying that God's your daddy, but you're doing the things of the devil. So you don't got confused and don't know who your daddy is. You better find out who your daddy is. And if you find out that Satan your daddy, you need to get rid of him. You need to get rid of that daddy and get the real daddy, which is God. He said, he said, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. God is holy in the morning, holy in the evening. Can I serve know that God has not lost his holiness? He's holy. He will always be holy. Oh, Leviticus 11, 44. For I am the Lord your God. Ye shall therefore sanctify yourself, and ye shall be holy, for I am holy. Neither shall ye defile yourself with any manner of creeping thing that creep upon earth. God was talking to the children of Israel. He said, I'm holy. He said, so be ye holy. And you are not defile yourself with anything. If you defile yourself, then you're not going to heaven. You can't walk in God. Listen, you can't walk around in heaven defiled. Ask yourself, what are you defiling yourself with? Unclean person, doing an unclean thing, living an unsanctified life. If you at the club, you're defiling yourself. You're hanging around with ungodly folks, doing the thing you did for you got saved. You're defiling yourself. Oh, my, let me go a little further. Leviticus 19 and 2. Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel and say unto them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. See, he keeps talking about it. The word backing itself up. God wants you to be holy. He told him in Revelation. He said, you forgot your first love. Repent for which you're falling and do your first work over. You know how it was when we first got saved. We have a zealous for the Lord. Oh, nobody couldn't beat a testifying. 
Usher almost had to come and set us down. We testified about an hour and a half. I love the Lord. He's so good to me. He brought me out of darkness into the light. He brought me out of the club. I used to smoke cigarettes. I used to do drugs. I used to run around everybody hood and white. And we told that testimony so many times he got tired of hearing him. And now, as God bless us, now as our riches increase, now as we gain the material things of the world, we don't testify no more. They don't even have testimony service no more. So folks ain't got nothing to talk about because they're living ungodly. They're living worldly. They're doing the thing that the world do. So there ain't no testimony. That's why we can't get the victory from one another. He said we overcome by one another testimony. How can I get victory over your testimony? You hanging out at the club. How you going to give me victory over your testimony? You running around somebody else's husband, somebody else's wife. Like, that, that ain't going to help me not a bit. So we are, we are overcome by one another testimony when we do the right thing. Ephesians 1 and 4, according as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Oh, my God. Oh, let's get to that love part. We're supposed to be holy and blameless before God. See, God did this before the world began, y'all. God put this in us before we were even born, before our mama even had us, before we came out of our mother's womb. He said before the foundation of the world that we should be holy. See, God knew you were going to be holy. He knew you were going to be saved. Now he wants you to walk according to that salvation in love, in love. We call ourselves Christian, but don't have no love for one another. Love makes you forgive. Love makes you forget. Love don't hold grudges. Love don't hold bitterness. Love don't keep talking about what somebody did to you. Love don't keep telling everybody you lent somebody $100. They ain't paid you back that. Love don't do that. Forget about that $100. Your salvation is more important than $100. But, Pastor, they owe me. Did you not read the scripture? Did you not read our Father prayer that said, forgive them their trespass? And, and they forgive yours? You got to forgive people for their trespass. Forgive them for that $100 they owe you. Forget about it. God will give you back more money. If you quit talking about $100, God will give you $1,000. You're not going to get that money back. They ain't paid you back yet. But you're messing up your walk with God by keep telling everybody, God, so I'm talking to somebody, you're just telling everything, somebody owe you, and every time you see them, they get to talking about the good part of that person. You say, yeah, but they owe me. You just don't know they owe me. They've been owing me $500 for a long time, and I'm going to get my, they talking about they say they're on their way to heaven. They may be, and you might be on your way to hell by keep on talking about that $500. You need to let that $500 go, and because that $500 don't mean nothing when it comes down to our soul salvation. Our relationship with one another is more important than that $500 they owe you. God wants you to get your act together and forget about that $500, but give them according to our Lord's prayer. Tell God you're sorry for telling everybody now you're the mess And what if they pay you your $500 tomorrow and you're the mess their reputation up? For the last 10 years, you talked about that $500. Everybody in New York, Maine, Texas, Hawaii, Czechoslovakia, everybody all over the world know now that they owe you $500. But see, they don't know that you pay, that they paid you. Now all they know is that person mean. That person don't pay you back. That person got a bad name. You don't mess up their reputation, and they don't pay you your $500 back. And you can't fix it. You can't call everybody who, who heard you, heard that, that testimony you told about them. You can't call. You can't put back. You know, we used to have a lady in my church. And I'm going to say this and go on. She just called all the children up one day because she wanted to give a point about how we do things, how we talk about one another, hurt one another, feeling and then say it's okay. And she had called about 
12 children up, maybe 15, and she put lotion in their hand. And then she told them, rub the lotion in. So they rubbed the lotion in their hand. And then she went back with them in a more aggressive way. She was just playing with them. She said, give me my lotion back. I want my lotion back. And the children looked at her like, huh? Ain't no way we can give this lotion back. We don't rub the lotion in our hand. It's impossible. They told me, we can't get it back. We can't, if we can't, I want to say it's impossible. One said, we can't give that lotion back. One said, no, ma'am. One of them looked like they had tears. I said, ma'am, we can't give it back. And she said, so it is. When a word go out of your mouth to hurt somebody, when you talk about somebody, when you scandalize somebody's name, when you mess up somebody's reputation, when you hang somebody's name on a signboard, it's like that lotion. No matter how much you're sorry, no matter how many tears in your eye, you can't take back what you said. When you offend somebody, when you mess up somebody's reputation, when you tear up somebody's marriage, when you call them to lose their job, call them to be put out the choir, uh, call, call their, 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 their home to be torn asunder, you can't fix that. Oh, my, 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 I hope somebody got that. Leviticus, Ephesians 1 and 4. According as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, and that we should be holy without blame, without love. Y'all heard it? I said it again. You got to be blameless with love. You got to let love, you hear me? You got to be blamed without love. Psalm 96 and 9. Well, I'm trying to fill you with some scripture this evening. It'll help you out. Psalm 96 and 9. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. See, when you live holy, you're beautiful to God. Always oh, like a sweet-smelling Savior. Oh, you singing up there in that choir. You don't live holy all day. God will anoint your song. He will anoint your sermon. He will anoint your speech. He'll anoint whatever you're doing, teaching Sunday school, the Bible study, whatever you're doing, it makes God feel so good. He'll set his anointing upon it like a sweet-smelling Savior because you don't live holy, and it's beautiful to God. Amen? Exodus 15 and 11. Who is like you among God, O Lord? Who is like you majestic in holiness, awesome in praise, working wonders? Baby, God is holy. And when you get back to know that he's holy and reverence him and been holy, you'll find yourself getting back to holiness. See, you don't forgot who God is. You don't disrespect him. Uh-huh. You don't took him out of familiarity. And now you're treating him like he one of the boys. Oh, he just one of the guys in the neighborhood. No, baby, God is a, you can't compare yourself to God. And hide the heaven from the earth and the north from the south is God from you. You can't compare your ways to God's ways. Tell my God, no, he's my homie. He ain't your homie. He's your God. He's omnipotent. He's all-present, all-powerful, almighty. And you're be, 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 belowing him by talking about he's your homie. They tell me, well, this new generation, this new generation got to live the Bible just like the old generation got to live. We got to reverence God. We got to, we got to, we got to give him what he is. He's majestic in holiness, awesome in praise, working wonders, lightning and thunder all over the world. Oh, look at him, some light. Just sit up there, look at that, that lightning going through the sky when it's raining and oh, how the wind blowing, how, how he ride on the tornadoes and, and how he do so much majestic and awesome things. He's God. Oh, man, he mighty in all he's doing. Psalm 29 and 2, a stride to the Lord, the glory do him in name and worship the Lord in holy array. Uh-oh. Back to your clothes again. Amen. Now, why are you going to go to a, a banquet? Go to a marriage, go to a ball, and they said dress formal, and you're going to come there dressed 
formal with your black attire on your necktie. It looks sharp, man. I mean, you like new money when you walk in there. Then you're going to walk in the house of God naked. You're going to walk in the house of God wearing anything you want to wear. Huh? You're going to go expect the ball. You're going to go to the banquet. You're going to go to man show, go to man uh, uh, performance, and you're going to dress like man asks you. But you know how you know how to dress if you go to the house of God. This ain't the first time you've been to the house of God. You know what attires are required. You know what, what God requires. God won't hold in there. He's going he gonna to tell you what to wear. Somebody, he didn't tell me to change, so I'm going to wear what I want. God ain't going to tell you what to put on. You're supposed to know what to put on. When you, Next time you walk into God's house, respect God's house. Dress like you know God is in that house. Dress like you went to a banquet. Unlike you going to no club, holes all in your pants, holes in your blue jeans, and you sitting in the house of God because God didn't say nothing. You think it's all right? I can serve notice it ain't all right. Whoever I might be talking to, it ain't all right. Wear your blue jeans out in the street. Wear your blue jeans at the ball game. Wear your blue jeans when you go to the mall with them holes in it. But when you walk into the house of God, you reverence him for who he is. For he's God, and beside him there is none other. He's holy and all his majestic. First Thessalonians 4 and 4, that each of you know how to possess his own vessel and sanctification and honor. you got to know how to walk before God. You, you don't need me to tell you. Read the Bible. you got to know how to possess your own vessel. you you got to know not what to put on the inside of you. you got to know how to sanctify yourself in honor. But the Bible says in the area, have the vessel of honor. And that's what I was talking about, them nutmegs and salt shakers and pepper shakers. My wife got over to sow their vessel of honor to her, and she don't put anything in it. She don't put no chloride and alcohol and, and poison inside them containers because they are vessels of honor for her stove, for her cooking. And God says, your vessel is a vessel of honor. But the Bible says, every house is a vessel of honor and vessel of dishonor. But if a man sanctifies himself from these things, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, and fit for the master's use. If you want God to use you, sanctify yourself. If you want God to make you a preacher, sanctify yourself. You want God to make you a prophet, sanctify yourself. You want God to make you a good evangelist, sanctify yourself. A teach, a preacher, sanctify yourself that you might be a vessel of honor. Sanctify, showing God honor. Don't live so you can be these things. You live right and God will make you these things. Verse Thessalonians 4 and 3. For this is the will of God, your sanctification that is, that you abstain from sexual immorality. Now, this is what's going on now in the church world. It is sex from us over. Sex is all in the church. Sex all in the pulpit. Sex all in the choir. Huh? Preachers have forgotten their standard now. They've forgotten that God called them to be holy. They've forgotten that they can't be apostle and a pastor and evangelist and a prophet. And all these leaders and overseers over the churches, some of them over hundreds of churches, over a thousand, thousands of people, and still got a girlfriend on the side and a boyfriend on the side. I serve notice. You got to abstain from sexual immorality. You know you're married. You know you got a wife. And then if you ain't got one and you a leader, you still got to stain yourself until God give you a husband and a wife. You can't have a wife want somebody else's wife and got a husband want somebody else's husband. You can't lay up in sexual immorality just because you ain't married. You you a leader. You setting an example. You got to live so that one day God will give you somebody. Now, if you don't have to give for Paul, then you need God to give you a wife. But you got to live holy until you get that wife. Paul said he wished that everybody had that gift. Everybody don't have to give for Paul when you had to be married. But Paul said, but but you got to live, live, live a stain. 
You've got to do it. He didn't say the Lord's going to make you do it. He said, he said, for this is the will of God. This is God's will. That your sanctification, that's what sanctification means to be set apart. Set your body apart from sexual immorality. Wow. Oh, wow. Think about it. Come on. This is between you and the Lord. Go and have, a re, uh, have an inventory yourself. You ain't got to call me and tell me. Get your act together. That's what this word is for this evening. See, God is grace and merciful. He'll give you a chance to repent. He'll give you a chance to get your act together. Romans 1 and 4, who will declare the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead, according to the spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Listen, the spirit of holiness. He will declare, he will declare the Son of God with power. When Jesus came, he came with power. He came with authority. The Holy Ghost fell on him when he come up out of the Jordan with power. And that power of holiness. Listen, the power of God gave you is holy, and it's holy enough to sanctify you. It's holy enough to, to make you whole. I'll make this be Second Peter 3 and 11. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be And holy conduct and conversation? You see what's going on in this world. You see what's going on. All this mess going on, children killing their parents. Uh, earthquakes in diverse places, that plague that just left, corona that always took the lives of all these people. When you see death all around you, uh, 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 Russia invading the, uh, uh, the, the other country, you see all this going on. You see that war is ruined. They, they're talking about our nuclear war. And now the United Nations is scared to make, make, to make any move to help the other country out because Russia threatening a nuclear attack on them if they do so. When you see all these things happening, what sort of person ought you to be? You need to be getting your act together. You, you need to be trying to make Jesus Lord and Savior your life because time is winding up. It's getting late in the evening and the sun going down. One more verse, First Thessalonians 3 and 13, so that he may establish your heart without blame and holiness before God and the Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's my last verse. Jesus has got to make you blameless before God. If you don't let Jesus in your life and let him make you blameless before God, you're going to stand before God in your sin, and you're going to be lost. It said he, that meaning Jesus. Let me read that verse again and read it so good. This is my last verse. So that he, which is Jesus Christ, may establish your heart blameless, Without blame, you can't have mess in your heart when you stand before God. You got to stand before Him in holiness and blame in holiness before God and the Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and all His saints. Jesus is coming back one day, but He sent the Holy Ghost to get you ready so you'll be blameless when He come back. When He come back to pick you up, Jesus is not going to stand before God and and and, and, and give you a good report and you didn't do no good report. He he he's not going to do that. He's going to get a lie to you because He like you, oh Lord. You know, he meant well. He wanted to live holy, but he didn't let him go. He ain't going to do that, y'all. You, you're going to gonna have to do that now. You're going to have to stab. You're going to accept with his grace that he's already given, that you might be blameless in holiness. So when Jesus comes back, he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. So we thank you for listening this afternoon. I hope and pray that this message has made you search yourself, not condemn you, but convict you to, to make, a, to make a, 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 a relationship with God that is holy, to, to have an inventory of yourself. And if you find where you ain't in the faith and you ain't in holiness, that you would do just that in Jesus' name. Amen. Apostle? It was beautiful, Dad. Are you going to say a prayer? Yes, yes. 
precious Father, we realize that we can't live holy without you. We done tried it, and the more we try, the more we fail. But you said in all our ways to acknowledge you would direct our path. So help us, oh God. You help us to live holy. Help the preachers to live holy, God. Those preachers who got a wife and a girlfriend, help them let that girlfriend go. Got a boyfriend, a husband, a woman, got a husband, a wife, and a boyfriend. Let, let them let them go, God. They're holding position in the church. They, 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 they name in the name of Christ, but yet, God, they're walking in sexual immorality. Uh, they're walking in the flesh, Lord. Help them to lay down these fleshly things and be weight so easy to set them. Help them to hold up holy hands. Help them to sanctify themselves, God. You said your grace was sufficient. So let your grace go all over the radio world, God. Everyone on the side of my voice that heard this message and need this message. Oh, God, let it not condemn them but convict them. Let it, let it put tears in their eyes. Let them fall down on their knees and say, Lord, I'm sorry, God. I'm a wrong. I've been walking in this so long and thought I was right. Here I would have thought it was okay because nobody didn't tell me it was wrong, God. But I found out this even through the apostle, God, and through your word that it is wrong. Your word has found me, convicted me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord, for having an affair, for cheating on my wife, for cheating on my husband, for having sex, God, and know I ain't married. And here I am singing in the quiet usher and doing all these things in the church, trying to fool somebody. Lord, help me sanctify myself. Help me to live according to your word, that you might be pleased. Help me to be that vessel of honor. Sanctify them fit for the mouth of you, and you can put your glory in me. You say you put your glory an earthen vessel, let me be that vessel, Lord. And we forever give you praise, honor, and glory, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. What's the name of your church, Apostle? The Burning Bush Church, Irwin, North Carolina. The Burning Bush Church, 402. Uh, we're going to mail anything to it to be uh, P.O. Box 193, Irwin, North Carolina. Post Office Box 193, Irwin, North Carolina, 28339. Post Office Box 193, Urban, North Carolina, 28339. Is there a cash app or something like donations? Because I understand that you are um, you just broke ground for 3.2 acres of land. So what's the cash app if people, we got to start doing this every night until you start building the church? Because they said if you bless a prophet, you get a prophet reward. reward, mm, reward. <laughs> I'm tongue-tied. And also, it says that a servant is worthy of their hide. So, what's the cash app? Dollar sign, burning, B U R N I N G, Bush, B U S H, 402. Dollar sign, burning, Bush, 402. 402, yes. Okay. Is that dot com or Verizon? No, that's that, that, that's it. Dot com. Dollar sign. Do, that's it. Dollar sign. Burning Bush Fold Two. That's Urban North Carolina. And your phone number? Nine one zero six five eight five two zero six. Nine one zero six five eight five two zero six. Thank you so much, uh, Apostle. Is there any closing remarks before we close out? No, we're good. Well, God bless you again. You've been listening to Apostle Alexander Lockamy with the Burning Bush. You can hear right here each week on Thursday from 7 o'clock p.m. to 8 o'clock p.m. Again, that's Thursday, the man of God with the wisdom gift. Thank you so much, and tune in to us next week. Goodbye. Yes, thank you. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.